This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you are listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 196 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana. And I am so excited that we are closing in on 200 episodes. Yes. So close. We're in striking distance. We will hit it in February, I feel. Yes. Yes. I believe believe your math checks out. Mm -hmm. Sometime in February. It may not be for the Donna, but... It will be... Donna adjacent? A, yes, very close. <laughs> and who knows? It could be a Donna-themed episode because there is so much in Jacksonville to explore and indulge in, in terms of food and beverage, very much like Atlanta. Indeed. Mm. And mm. in fact, we are going back to Atlanta this week oh. for episode 196 to talk about the Jeff Galloway Half Marathon weekend the double g weekend yeah and this week we're talking about the half marathon itself for us it was the double g weekend because we decided to do the 5k on saturday barb's 5k which we recapped last week and the half marathon on sunday the full 13.1 miles yes yes which made us double g and you get a bonus medal. And you know us, we're in for that. I am 100% bling driven. Mm. I love the medals. And I think I've made no secret of this race and how much I love it and how much I wanted it to be the first half marathon back for me this year. Yes, because, or last year. Last year. Last At the end year. of last year, <laughs> to... to Yes. Yeah. We jokingly referred to 2021 as the year of the 5K for you. Oh, yeah. As you were coming Shorter. back from that knee surgery. Shorter distances for me all year, except for the last big race weekend of 2021. And and we held true to that. We did. And it's, so I am... I was very proud of you, I'm, and we're going to be talking all about that yeah. uh, coming up, because it yeah. was quite an event. And... We are going to highlight a brand new location from Atlanta. Actually, I think the address is Decatur. It is actually, yes, it is a a small suburb outside, east of uh, Atlanta called Decatur, Georgia. Share your knowledge. Oh, Oh, I'll talk Dana. a little bit more about it from you know back in the '90s when I <laughs> when I lived there for college. But yeah, we went to a location in Decatur on the recommendation of a member of the Runcation Nation, Tyler Johnson. This episode is yours. Yes, two thirds of it. 
Yeah, because we're actually covering <laughs> the food and beverage mm-hmm. from this location. Yes. And, and that's that's not always the way it goes for us. No, sometimes we'll do food from one place and then beverage from another. I was saying, typically, that's not the way it goes Be- for us. Because so. we want to share the love across all the places that you want to explore and indulge on your runcation. Mm-hmm. There's an embarrassment of riches in Atlanta and or in the atlanta metro area in the atlanta metro area and we just happened upon a place that had both outstanding food and beverage thanks to tyler so we're covering it all from this location but you know there's a wealth on runnydrink.net of atlanta staples classics old new breweries and restaurants that are amazing absolutely and we were literally out walking the dogs today ahead of recording this episode and we're already thinking ahead to this year's race 2022 so we are already planning ahead Mm, so excited about it very because if you're runcationing i think that at some point in your travels you've got to swing down to atlanta there are like like we were talking about when we recapped barb's 5k the peachtree road race is there the actually the olympic marathon trials were in atlanta oh 2020 yes the end of february and there's also a Publix half marathon there i believe i believe you're correct so there there are no shortage of races that you could come to the atlanta area to for your runcation oh absolutely and or if you're just going to that area whether it's for business travel and you're looking for you know, just a great course to run there are a lot of places that you could go whether it's piedmont park like we've talked about mm. if you wanted to go out towards stone mountain oh. and i believe that is a five mile loop around the big rock is it? I believe so. so I don't I know. Five, you would know. I want to say it's five miles around the rock. Uh, and I say the rock because if you've ever seen Stone Mountain, it looks like a giant hunk of granite just I'm sitting sure on, on the ground. Yeah. There's a lot of options. Plus, you could always just hike up the mountain. There's that. Yeah. So it's a wonderful city to visit for running, eating, and drinking. I'm thrilled that we're mm. back. And I'm super excited about really all of today's episode. Oh. But I, I am biased. I'm partial. But oh. I know that there are some episodes where we really hit it out of the park. And I think this is going to be one of them. It's a great recommendation all around for races, for food, and for beverage. Before we get into that, though, do we have shout outs this week? We just want to remind people this week, as we restarted in 2022 with new episodes last week with Barb's 5K and now here at the uh, half marathon Jeff Galloway half marathon episode that if you have shout outs for someone else in the Runcation Nation or for yourself that you want to hear on an episode let us make you Runcation Nation famous yes info at runeatdrink.net is our email attach a little audio file that we can play or write out a a shout out that you want on an upcoming episode and we'll read it info at runedrink.net. But this is an audio medium. And if you aren't, let's say you're not super techie, because there are some people who are listening to podcasts, but they're not like super tech 
techie. Sure. And they don't maybe know how to record a message and email. There's another option. Or they just want to be simpler. They just want to have it done for them. Exactly. Yeah. Working smarter and not harder. We have the technology. Yeah. And we've got that handled for you. If you'll (laughs) just give us a call at 941-677-2733 and leave a voicemail. 941-677-2733. Leave us a voicemail that we can play on the episode. Leave it to us. We'll get that voicemail on the show and shout you out. We want to hear from you. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk running. Yeah. We're back in Atlanta. My, the, the, my stomping grounds in college. The, our stomping grounds, our first year of marriage. Yes. And we're back for our annual pilgrimage mm. for the Jeff Galloway Double G Half Marathon Weekend. Uh, it's one we can't miss because America's coach is our coach. Jeff Galloway is an incredible human being above and beyond and especially in 2021 i especially wanted to be there yeah the first race back after the pandemic shut it down Mm -hmm. also the first of his races back following his cardiac events that Mm -hmm. he had we wanted to be there we wanted to see him we wanted to talk to him and we were fortunate we actually got the opportunity to see him and talk to him back in november at at the wine and dine Dine at disney but Mm -hmm. we wanted we thought it'd be extra special to be back at his race and it's got to feel good for him he talked about how it was so great to be back the whole entire weekend he was so positive upbeat happy and just glad to see everybody back. And and it was just like he hadn't missed a beat. Whether it was hanging out and talking with people mm. at Fidipides during packet pickup, whether it was him announcing at Barb's 5K. Oh, yeah. Or at his event. Being was, at the finish line for everyone. Absolutely. Oh. So, so great. Yes. So we were happy to be back. Though... I will say I was woefully undertrained. <laughs> yeah. But again, this was the year of the 5K for you. You had been emphasizing shorter runs for, mm-hmm. for the most part. And we knew that going in this year. I think the longest training run leading up to this, the last four weeks before the race, might have been 10K. I think that we had gotten higher mileage, but that was broken up over the course of doing some of the parks at Disney. Oh, yeah. And you really weren't feeling like counting that, I know. But you had the total time on your feet. Mm -hmm. So that part was good. Yeah, but still woefully undertrained because we had a bout of sickness and just, yeah, recovering from that. And you know what? Sometimes, some years, some races that's going to be the case and Mm -hmm. this we always talk about every race has a lesson to teach you oh sure i think that this is one of those for us if you're going to be under trained you have jeff is amazing at giving you the options for hey you didn't make knowledge necessarily because hey life got in the way here are the strategies that you can employ at this race weekend yeah 
at, at any race weekend, he would tell you, but particularly at this weekend, it isn't so, it, he makes it seem less daunting and more approachable because this weekend welcomes all run walk runners and you can be on the course for quite some time and finish officially and successfully. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does does an amazing job of letting this race be welcoming to runners of all skill levels. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. And I actually emailed him because we were e-coaching. I was e-coaching in this to try and build up to the half marathon. And he said, hey, it happens. Here's what you can do. You can, of course, walk the 5K and you can walk the half marathon in the course time limit and you will finish and I will be there at the finish line for you. You can walk it. Yeah. And you decided that you would stay with me. Yeah, this for me, Jeff's race, I love seeing the various places Mm -hmm. that it takes you. Uh, And and we're going to talk strategy but we are uh, we're, we're talking strategy now <laughs> we'll talk about the course in a second for me it's about enjoying the course yeah um seeing parts of atlanta that have changed over the years mm-hmm. and taking those parts in and just enjoying the atmosphere and i mm-hmm. for me so i was not going to do this one for a pr this has never been a pr course for me personally i think this for me is too hilly of a course for a pr i could pr i could maybe get a pr on this course like mm-hmm. my best time on this course but it would not be my half marathon pr so rather than do that to myself i was much more mm. interested in just making sure that you were okay and that your strategy was going to work for you. So talk about your strategy. What did you elect to do? Walk. <laughs> I did. Because we were undertrained, I was feeling stressed, and I really wanted this to be one that I would finish. And I know that Jeff sent, when he sent the message, he's like, you can walk in in plenty of time, but there are certain points in the course where you can cut through to the finish if you need to and there's plenty of on-course support where you can talk to race volunteers to get you the help that you need if you can't finish so uh, we had talked about that and that at those points in the race we would check in and just see how am i feeling how are we doing and are we going to push through the entire distance but my strategy was to stay positive and in the right headspace to just walk the whole thing and be about the enjoyment of being back in atlanta after a year away from our coach's race that we love so much that's it i just wanted you to keep me in it and for us to make it to the finish line. Yeah, and my strategy for being with you was to keep your walk pace brisk. Mm-hmm. And I think that we ended up with a mantra, which was short and quick. Mm-hmm. 
And I would say that probably every 15 minutes or so, just to remind you. Oh, I think more than that. Just to keep those steps, keep your turnover fast and keep your steps small, especially in the areas where we had elevation change. Oh, yeah. Um, Particularly the uphills. Yes. Because it's very easy when you're doing uphills and you're not used to training them. And Mm. even under our best training scenarios, we don't have a lot of hill work that we do here. We'll sometimes go do parking lots but or parking decks. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we don't really have hills here at home. Okay. So I, the mantra was slow and quick. Mm-hmm. And you did just that. And, short and quick. Or I'm sorry, short and quick. Mm-hmm. Short and you quick. said short and quick. So you kept those feet mm-hmm. going the yeah. entire time. So let's talk a little bit about the course and that'll... We'll bounce back to strategy in a second. For different parts of the course. For different parts. True. So this course is the exact same course that we run every year. It did um, not change. It that did is not true. change. So the course begins at... at Midtown. At, right in the heart of Midtown Peachtree. at Peachtree and 10th Street, mm-hmm. right near the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. And... Just like every year, they've got the music playing, they've got the speakers, you've got the the corrals for that he's got it broken down into, I believe, four corrals. Mm-hmm. And oh, three. three, three, three. That's right. So it's three spokes. Well, of, I mean, three they... spokes of a wheel, and then the fourth is where you would put a corral is actually where the start line is. Yeah. So you you know get into your corrals. The only thing that I think changed this year. There was some construction happening right by the the Federal Reserve, mm. and there were far fewer porta potties. So there was a line. So there was a line, and it was raining this day. And this is when we had some weather. And it was not as cold as years past. No, it was coming. the The cold front was coming through. We were catching the rain as part of that. Mm-hmm. Tons of fog early in the morning too, but super damp. And mm-hmm. chilly and and wet that morning mm-hmm. so we got there and got to the the porta potty porta potties they had uh the, the national anthem mm-hmm. then we're off to the races and jeff was announcing his own race to start us off yep we passed him by and waved at him and said hey i live streamed that i believe yeah and jojo was with us and you live streamed that part. She was with us to start the race, and then she went on and, and did her own interval. She likes those longer intervals running. So she went on and ran her own race, and we knew we would see her at the end and be able to celebrate together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the race course is very similar. So you're heading down, you, you, you head down 10th, and then you hang a right, and then you're heading towards Ponce de Leon Avenue, which is, Mm. that's a pretty, it's got a little bit of a downhill and then it's an uphill, uh, a slow uphill climb. You hang the left on Ponce de Leon and it takes you right past a very important Atlanta landmark. And this was something that we weren't sure we were going to be able to do. Oh yeah. I thought you were going to say Mary Max team room and we really need to get there in future years. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. But it's become a tradition when we run this race, Uh, right, right around mile one is where the oldest Krispy Kreme donut shop in Atlanta Mm. uh, once stood once stood. and i hate to say that will stand again and, and i was gonna say and will stand again unfortunately 
earlier this or earlier last year, it caught fire and it was a total loss. So we're running past it and lo and behold, what do we see that where they have knocked the building down? It was so great. They have parked a Krispy Kreme food truck. truck. Yes. And they're taking orders and they're cooking donuts right there. So we make the turn at mile or heading off of Ponce de Leon. I told Amy, I will catch up. I run over to the food truck. I get an order of donuts and run back out you didn't just do that you got a selfie with the people who were manning the food truck the men and women that were there slinging the donuts for us for all of atlanta but for us yes in this case and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was just nice to be able to do that. I, I was really upset that we I, initially thinking we weren't going to be able to. I know. But uh, that kind of made my morning. Yeah. And unlike years past, I did not drop the donuts this time. We got four. We, I got a box of four donuts. And that was on course nutrition for us for miles like two to the belt line. Yes. Two yeah. To we held on to for, for for a couple of miles. Yeah. Two to four. So, fresh made Krispy Kreme donuts oh, on the race course. So good. Amy so was, good. and and that part of the race course, heading really from miles one, two, and three, really is a lot of very gradual uphill. Or one and two, I'm sorry. Heading into mile three, you get a little bit of downhill mm-hmm. as you start to make the turn away from the MLK mm. Museum. Oh, yeah heading out towards the Carter Presidential Library. You get a little bit of downhill there, and then you do a switchback at mile four, and there's a water stop, On the way to mile four. On the way to mile four. Mm -hmm. And then you end up... But wait a minute now. So when we were heading to that part of the course and that water stop with the porta potty and all Mm -hmm. of that, where we were running the Independence Parkway... Was it? Yes. Isn't that Independence Parkway? That is. So, see, I remember some things. You do. From our time in Atlanta. But as married couple, the first year, and that was a long time ago. But I digress. You were talking to the men and women in blue that were making sure the course was safe for us. Oh, yes. Yeah which I just absolutely loved. I would go on and just keep walking. You had time enough to stop and say, hey, man, where do you normally, where's your beat normally? Yep. What's going on? Yep. And was- you're always recruiting. You're like, hey, if, <laughs> if you're about to retire or if you come want to change the scenery, come on down to Florida. It's great. But it was just so fun to see you sharing appreciation and showing support for all of those from the force that were keeping us safe. Yeah, we had a majority of the officers working were Atlanta PD. We had the, the one of the ones I, I struck up a good conversation with, repeated conversations as we'd catch up throughout the race, was Atlanta PD motor officers. But we also had some representatives from the Fulton County Sheriff's Office out there as well. Mm-hmm. So they were doing a great job doing traffic control yeah. for everybody. And it was really, regardless of where you were at on the course. It was just great. And I just wanted to highlight that. But yes, we had the potty stop and the water stop. And we hit Heading mile, to mile four. Mile four and at like a sharp descent to 
the belt line. Yes. You basically go in into the belt line on the, I want to say it's the south side of the belt line. Which is really straight and flat. Which is great. It's about a uh, two mile stretch of mm-hmm. straight, flat, paved or concrete surface. Mm-hmm. And it's a very wide linear park with art installations throughout of various types. So you've mm. got graffiti arch, you've got sculpture, you've got statues. Mm. It just depends. And it changes from year to year. The artwork changes from year to year. And there are also, like we've covered, we had New Realm Brewing. New Realm that's Brewing. That's on the Beltline. Which is still there. That is, that's a big brewery space. Really beautiful. nice, beautiful space. Mm. So... It's you and a lot of the. I was, I was going to say a lot of the apartments and condos yeah. that were being built. So it's a like mixed use area. It's a really neat area mm. of Atlanta that when I, when we lived there was abandoned industrial. It's come a long way and it looks really oh. nice, and that's a part of the course where we got to see some dogs too. Yeah, not a dog park, but a mm-hmm. lot of residents in the area who have dogs mm-hmm. and we yeah, we got to to meet and pet and talk with some local residents of, of the two-legged and four-legged variety. One was a really big, I want to say it was a Connie Corso, the big white one that oh. went and found he's like I he just had a bath and we went out and he found the mud. All muddy. <laughs> it was so cute. It was great. I'm sure it was a pain. Oh, no doubt. To have to give him another bath, but so adorable. And he he was living his best dog life. Oh, yeah. That stretch that takes you really from Independence Parkway all the way through really back over to Midtown. when At the mm-hmm. exit of the Beltline, yeah. you are basically diagonally across from Piedmont Park. There's a... There's a porta potty there, and there's a water stop to end the belt line. Yes, just so you know, so you have one right before you enter the belt line, and then you have one at the end of that. And basically, it's basically mile two, four, and six. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, we didn't really mention the mile two um, water stop, but it, it was there. It was great and very great nice volunteers, and they yeah, they remembered us. So at mile six, at the end of the belt line, that's really the first point in the race where you would have had an option to cut the race short. Yes. If you wanted to. Yes. And that gives you the option that you could basically cut out all of the Virginia Highlands. Which are very hilly. That is a very uphill portion of the race. And so we took advantage of the porta potty, the potty stop, Mm -hmm. and the water. And then you said, how are you feeling? Yeah. I want to try and gauge how you're feeling. And I was like, let's keep going. And she soldiered on. Yeah. Short and quick. Mm-hmm. And, and then we started a deep uphill. Started that one stretch. Uh, that's actually a pretty steep segment right out of the, the belt line. Mm. It, it levels off, but that segment's kind of steep. Well, and at that point, I, I don't want to say that it was not well marked. It was not marked as well as it has been in the past. What do you mean? The mile markers or um, the course where, itself? Course marker, where to go. We knew from doing it in years past, but I, I know that there were some other runners around us that were a little confused. Like, are we going the right way? Yeah. <laughs> and, so, the, and they had some Atlanta PD officers that were like, no, 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 that, you're that's going good. the right way. Yeah. So that was good that it was so well manned that you know where you're going. Yes. So we went through the Virginia Highlands and saw some beautiful homes, some great holiday decor. Yes. And 
a lot of uphill. And I can tell you it was a mental fight for me to keep going. But I really knew that if I didn't keep going and do the full 13.1, that I would just be kicking myself. Because this is such a great group of runners along the course that are motivating. And if you're, it's so forgiving in terms of time limit. And it's just, it's the place you really want to make it to the end. And you have the capacity to do so. Yes. So I was just fighting through and you were talking to me about, oh, yeah, there used to be this bourbon bar right here. And, oh, Limerick Junction is still here. Yeah, as we got on, to, uh, once you get to the stretch of the, the Virginia Highlands, when you are, are on St. Charles Street and you're heading to North Highland, mm. that's a, a gradual uphill. But mm-hmm. once you get to North Highland, it levels out. And I was able to point out, points of interest to Amy, keep her mind off of anything mm-hmm. else. And then the, when you make the left turn to go back down the Virginia Highlands, basically dat back down towards Piedmont Park, yeah, that's mostly downhill. Which is good. Which is, it's gradual. Mm-hmm. It's not you know like a, a real steep decline, mm-hmm. but it's mostly downhill. And I think that at that point, you know you're going to be okay. Yeah. Or at least you know you're going to be okay for this stretch for the rest of this mile and a half that you got to mm-hmm. get back down to the park. Yeah, because the perimeter of Piedmont Park's its own. It animal. feels never ending. That it does. So the we end up getting through the Virginia Highlands. We're heading back down to Midtown. Mm-hmm. We literally run on the outer perimeter of Piedmont Park. Hey, we pass by the Flying Biscuit. We do. And that well, was great. I was going to say that you're at that point, you are, you've already gone uphill and you're getting back towards Piedmont. Yeah. Like, Road. why couldn't we swing in and get some of that apple butter and biscuits? Oh, apple you know? butter instead of like goose to, to eat on the course? Yeah. Like, you know, that would have been glorious. Like, we, we should have called ahead for a to go order of biscuits <laughs> and apple butter to have outside Piedmont Park so I wouldn't be thinking about the endless stretches we covered every single like all of the perimeter yes oh yes agreed (laughs) that would have been glorious it would have next year or later Uh, this year yeah yes yes next race next time next time so you end up doing the outer perimeter of Piedmont Park that has a lot of uphill yeah. And at this point in the race, there was a logistical issue that I have to point out okay. that was yeah. a little concerning. And it's the first time we've ever seen it, which is whatever company they were using. I don't even think the year I injured my ankle, we saw this. No. Okay. No. Whatever company they were using for doing the road marking, the cones, the cones and porta potties, they got a little overzealous. Because we were not, we were, they were, and then they pulled ahead of us and there were people behind us. They pulled ahead of us and they, at one point from the truck said, are you all okay to be on the sidewalk and not on the road anymore? We're like, no. And we're like, (laughs) have you seen the sidewalks? When you have roots growing in the sidewalks, it creates a lot of uneven surface. There is a lot of, and I would rather be on the road. Yeah. And that's the point when they asked us when they were pulling ahead of us, I was like. 
I really don't want to. F- and there's a whole other pace group behind us. Yeah. A 4.30 pace group. Four hours and 30 minutes to completion of the half, their pace group. And I was like, D- are you, are they going to know? The pacers are going to know where to go. But what about those people that may be a little bit ahead of them or a little bit behind them? Well, and again, this is Jeff's race. Jeff is a big believer in everybody gets the same experience coming across that finish line, mm-hmm. same race experience. So yeah. um, I just think that the company might have been a little overzealous this, uh, yeah. at that point. So the people who are on the bikes who are frequently checking out the, the course that are a part of Jeff's organization were checking in on us. And then specifically, I think they were going to talk to yeah tell them to knock it off talk, talk to them and say like slow your roll slow your roll really slow your roll because you got a whole another pace group behind you and that so that helped mm-hmm. and so we really appreciate that the way that they are constantly monitoring the course even for people who have decided to walk the whole thing very classy oh and i thought so they and nothing against the the company or the guys. They they just wanted to. They just didn't. They didn't know. And, and again, they and they were super cool about it. Mm-hmm. But it was just that was just one of those logistical things that popped up. That was not a normal thing, which can get in your head if you have like the sweepers at Disney behind you, the balloon ladies, or if you have the medical vehicle that's tailing you, right? And you are last. That can get in your head. Sure. And I didn't. I just was not wanting that to happen to us. Absolutely. It was good that they did a reset with with that. Mm-hmm. And it was okay going into the park. 100%. Mm-hmm. And then the last three miles uh, of the course basically is the, the same course for Barb's 5K. Oh. Essentially. There's a little bit of a vari- yeah. variation yeah, yeah. right at the end as, they, as you head to where the, the finish line is set up. There but. were so many dogs in the dog park. That's so probably super loud, but... The dogs were great, and the park Can't was great. It. Now, the the park in Piedmont does get a little soggy mm-hmm. when, when it's been raining. Yeah. So there are a couple of areas where there's a little standing water. you got to navigate around that. But other than that, it really is just a great paved. Mm-hmm. Some say, of the beautiful stonework can be slick in that capacity. Yes. From the rain, so, so you have to be careful. And the leaves fallen leaves yeah. because we are talking about a wintertime race and you don't know what's under those leaves you don't know what's under them and they, and they mindful. get slippery on their own mm-hmm. so you got to be very careful other than that though just a fantastic race uh and o- coming to the finish i was gonna say and what makes it the most fantastic is two pieces we you were going live on instagram and jojo waited for us and came which to i was not expecting that was so great walk us in and then once we were inside of the finish line, she got off the course to get us some finish line photos. She was going to take some for us, which was great. Even though Jeff offers the free photography all over the course as well. Yes. And Jeff was at the finish. Yes. He was under the arch and we were there and the photographers made us feel like pap- pap- they were paparazzi and we were like the... like red carpet finishers it was great (laughs) and he was there and i don't think that he knew until i told him that i don't think i had mentioned it in our back and forth in e-coaching 
that this was my first half marathon back since the knee surgery. So that's first marathon, half marathon of the year, basically. Uh-huh. Right at the last month of the year. And he was just so excited for us. And I couldn't have asked for a better moment at the finish. And we have a photo in the episode artwork of him grabbing my arm and just telling us how proud he was of our perseverance and the achievement. And that is sometimes it's not about the time. I've set PRs there and felt really good about it. But this was just great in terms of dedication, mental toughness, fortitude, and it, it was amazing to see him at the finish of this particular year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I couldn't set it better. Given any everything that's happened this year. So finishing that race, Jeff, uh, Jeff, you're there, you're with Jeff, you yeah. get your medal handed you're, to you. You're so excited that he's there at the finish with you, and I was engrossed in the conversation. And then they hand you a medal. And then they hand you a medal, and they tell us, actually, I think it was JoJo that told us that they had, the double G medal was a spinner this year. Yes. And they had noticed that in the shipment of the medals that some of them were not as fabulously spinning, and they were maybe damaged in transit in the shipping, and they were going to get us medals for the double G and, and mail them right. to us, replacements that weren't damaged. So those are on the way, but I pictures of those medals are all out there. over the so, place. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to get it mm-hmm. so that we can display it proudly, but you end up getting Jeff's and I loved it this year because you've got this wonderful bright orange, mm-hmm. uh, that like a, like a, like, you know, farm tractor orange and it's, That's true. uh, you know, ribbon that mm-hmm. you know, says the, the Jeff Galloway half, half marathon. marathon, the, Center of the medal is the Atlanta skyline, which and it's all glittery orange. Yeah, and then of course it's got a the outer circle says the Jeff Galloway half marathon. You know this is just a great, pretty chunky, pretty hefty. I love it. I love it. Medal here again. Your quality of the bling, mm-hmm. and if you are like me and you are bling driven. There you go. You're going to be happy with this one. And yeah. what I also like is that the, like you get to see a chunk of the Atlanta skyline in Piedmont Park. And you get to see it, uh, this chunk of the Atlanta skyline as you're heading towards the MLK Library. Oh, yeah. Or MLK Museum. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Off to your right. Mm-hmm. So it's, wow, this looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Just all around a great race. Absolutely. And so lucky to have returned to it. And feel so fortunate that Jeff could be there, given the events of the past year. Absolutely. And I cannot wait to see him again this year at the 22. Sooner than that at Donna. Yes. We're going to be seeing him just Mm -hmm. in in a few short weeks. But I can't wait to return to his race again. Me too. Now, all this talk of racing. Has it made you hungry? It does. And when you're Mm. in a city like Atlanta... Or in the Atlanta metro area, there's options abounding. And you you try to do, you know, research and you're on the web and you're on, on you know, review sites and apps mm. and stuff. But nothing beats a recommendation from a friend. Right? And Tyler Johnson. 
And I think that's pretty much his name on Facebook and on Instagram. And he has been uh, an active member of the Runcation Nation group. He went so far as to, oh gosh, I can't remember when it came out, but there was a brewery and Waffle House that did a collaboration beer that was only going to be released in the Atlanta area. And he was like, I'll go get it. We were, or it was only going to be at a particular brewery or Mm -hmm. I don't really remember the specifics, but he was so great in the Runcation Nation Facebook group to say, I'll go get some and I'll hold it for you. And it was just so funny. So when he saw that we were going to be back in the Atlanta area, he messaged on Instagram. He's like, there's a great coffee shop, but it may be too far for you if you don't have a car and it's well outside. I think it was about 46 miles from where we were at. He said, but if you're looking for a great place to eat some fantastic Italian food, Take this recommendation indicator at number two four six. Yeah. Now Decatur <laughs> is a small suburb of Atlanta. It's uh, just east of of Atlanta proper. In between, it's right adjacent to M- the Druid Hills area mm. in Emory, where I went to college, and it's on the way out to Stone Mountain. If you're heading further east. Back in college, this was a tiny town. Not much going on. Really? Yeah. It really, that stretch where we go to where we've been for a couple of a couple of places, like the what was it called? The jumping goat coffee, I think we was went it? once. We went to an yeah, Irish pub there once. That whole stretch was vacant when I was in college. So the number of businesses and restaurants and nightlife that has started to come into that area and fill in is absolutely amazing to see. Oh yeah. And when it was it's beautiful. And when we looked this up and I'm looking at the address, I'm like, that there wasn't anything there when I was in school. So I can't wait to see what this is going to be like. Mm. And we get down there and we park and I start walking over and it's a really bustling little area of nightlife now. I made a reservation because you can make a reservation and it, I recommend that because I think on the weekends they get particularly busy. They were certainly busy when we were there. Mm-hmm. Oh my. And there's good reason for that. <sighs> it's amazing. Spoiler alert. It's wonderful. You know, if it's on this show, we're only going to give you the good stuff. And JoJo came along. Yes, which was the best part, getting to to hang out that weekend with JoJo. We are looking so forward to doing meetups in the future, but Mm. this was just great to be able to do this and bond and have fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we were able to go with a member of the Runcation Nation to a place recommended by a member of the Runcation Nation. We get there and it's a very understated facade restaurant. Like we were like, it's almost like a house. Kind or, or an entrance to an apartment building or something. And at first it was kind of dark and we're like, are they open? Oh, but it, it's the window tent. It's the window tent and the ambiance inside. Yes. That makes it look that way. So we walk inside <sighs> and it's, you're just immediately greeted by this wonderful smell. Oh, the Italian spices in the air. Yes. The spices, the garlic, but, the olive oil. <sighs> but also it just feels very 
home to me. Very cozy. Cozy, yes. They had some wonderful decorations for the holidays mm-hmm. that weren't, it wasn't really in your face. It was definitely more understated than, say, the Christmas tree at Trader Vic's. Oh, yeah. It's right there. <laughs> but, you know, nice, beautiful wreaths in the window and mm-hmm. you know, white tablecloth. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, this is a nice sit down location for a wonderful three, four course meal, I think. Yes. So, special occasion comes to mind i think that tyler said they might have gone there to celebrate an anniversary this would be a great one for a special occasion or a nice date night mm-hmm. and what i liked is the bundles of dried spices that were mounted on the wall mm-hmm. they were just great yeah exposed brick for part of the decor you know and the walls mm. just it, it open kitchen open kitchen and they were rocking and rolling and a chef's table that you could reserve and it looked like maybe four to six people could be there i think it was a little bit smaller maybe That'd be it was cool just four, but you can actually see them prepare and i'm sure the chef talks about the dishes with you oh that'd be great but we also had a server that was extremely knowledgeable about the menu as far as food and beverage went. She was rock star. Rachel yes. uh, was our server that night. We Hopefully, Rachel's listening. And Hope she so. knows just what an amazing, amazing night we had courtesy of her. Mm-hmm. And we cannot thank her enough for the knowledge of the menu, her recommendations. Yeah. And just making it a wonderful night. Oh, it was great. Shall we talk about the actual food itself? We started with an appetizer. Since it was the three of us, we wanted something that was going to be splittable. Mm-hmm. And like a you, nice share, shareable dish. And we were carving up. When that happens and you get an opportunity for something called garlic bread al forno. AKA garlicky cheesy bread. You jump on it. Oh. The, the smell of garlic greets you. As the personal pizza-sized plate <laughs> arrives at your table, <laughs> you get this mix of spices and ooey-gooey cheese. Oh. The crust had a crispy exterior. The bread was soft with a nice chew, and you could taste the bite of garlic in each bite. Oh, I can tell you. This is, it's a round pizza, but it's cut. It's not cut in wedges. It's like cut down the middle and then lengthwise. So you get a lot of like strips. It almost looks square, but it's the way that it's cut, but it's Mm -hmm. not. It's like, yeah. And you get a side of their tomato sauce. And the surprise of the whole thing was not... Like the ooey gooey. I love the end pieces that were crispy yet soft. Yes. The surprise of the whole thing was the peppers that were in the cheesy bread. And what it did we ask Rachel what they were? Calabrian chilies. Calabrian, is that how you say yeah. it? Okay. I knew I would butcher that, but because we started to eat it and we're like, yeah, that's not tomato that's under that cheese. That's some spice. Yeah. That is some spice to go with the cheese and the garlic. But it didn't blow your doors off. Mm. But it was just enough to let you know it's there and to bring out the bite in the garlic and just the essence of the cheese. Yeah. 
that the pull of the cheese, that little bit of saltiness and nuttiness. Oh. I'm looking at the photo here, and that is just a thing of beauty. It is, oh. I, honestly, you could do this it's like on a to-go and just have that, yeah. and, and you'd be so happy, I think. You would. You'd have to get, well, that there's a lot of sauce with it. I would recommend getting extra sauce, because that you know, their, their dipping sauce is amazing. You were a big fan of their sauce. Mm-hmm. Slightly sweet and just full of Italian spice flavors. Mm-hmm. Not spicy, but like the oregano. The oregano and, and basil. Just, yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Just a little in the that's pull. A, that's a wonderful thing. Oh, the pull was magic. We got a great photo of JoJo pulling and a video of you doing it the oh, stretch on that cheese was just so perfect good. and everything was so fresh it was that was what ki- what really just it was the kicker for me yeah was the freshness and you drove could taste it, it home mm. absolutely taste it Mm-mm-mm. now yeah that was the appetizer so we knew going in that that was going to be if if the appetizer was that good, the entrees were going to be stellar. And they have broken it down into appetizers and then first, second course, and then like a dessert type course. I chose from the pasta area of the menu, the first. Mm-hmm. But if you do the second course, which has the proteins featured, like your chicken parmesan, like your right. veal, like your, your chicken piccata, the, the chicken al forno then you can get a side of pasta that has like butter and cheese. Mm-hmm. But I was in the mood for a traditional dish, a traditional feed your soul spaghetti and meatballs dish. So I, I was asking Rachel about it. And then Jojo took copious notes about apparently there's a three day process to make the meatballs in house, which is I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pork, veal, and beef. Okay. Pork, veal, and beef. That that really is the trinity for for perfect meatballs. Mm. And the pasta sauce, it's thick. It's a little bit sweeter than ones we've had in the past. And it was different than the sauce for dipping mm. for the cheesy bread. I don't I they may They were very similar. Okay. I don't know if it was the same or, or if they had just, I don't know. It just looked a little chunkier to me. Maybe. Maybe they chunk it up for the whole, <laughs> I don't know. But this, oh, the sauce was thick. The texture of the noodle, like there are some spaghetti and meatball dishes where you have an al dente noodle. But this was a, a softer noodle texture and they make all their pasta in-house. So good the meatballs had a finer ground texture we've had some that are like a coarse ground like we have a a local favorite here that does Mm -hmm. a very coarse grind on their meatball yeah this as i recall had a like you said a finer Finer, grind mm -hmm, a finer texture and the black pepper in the dish just brings out everything all the italian flavor Mm. It was so good. And what I like about it, too, is there are some places where you have only two meatballs. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about me, but I like three. I don't know why. You like more meat. I just, 
and there were three. So that made me immediately very happy when it came to the table. And these were healthy sized meatballs too. Oh, I would say tennis ball, maybe a little bit smaller. Somewhere between a golf ball and a tennis ball. Yeah. Like or maybe a golf ball and softball. Some, I don't know. They, they were huge. Mm-hmm. So needless so your to meat, say. your meat to pasta ratio, when? Good. Yes. You could have part of a meatball in every bite if you oh, wanted. And that's. Which I love. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. You did something I didn't expect you to do at all because pre-race, you shy away from seafood. I do. And I, in fact, on our way there, I even said I, I am going to avoid seafood. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. we get there and one of their options on the pasta menu is something that so intrigued me and is one of my favorite dishes. I, I had to do it. And that was their black spaghetti shrimp fra diablo. Oh, it looked amazing. They make this with fresh house-made squid ink pasta. And th- the spaghetti was perfectly al dente. Mm. So I had a little bit of a toothsomeness to the noodle. Different from mine. It, yes. Yes. Totally different consistency. Mm-hmm. It also, for me, I, li- I love squidding pasta. This I is know. actually the second time I've done a squidding pasta on the show. Yeah. You get just this hint of the sea with squidding mm. pasta, if it's mm. done right. And oh, when I asked them, I said, do you make this in-house? They're like, yeah, we do. This is fresh pasta. <sighs> So it just looked amazing. You get this, and I love Fra Diavolo sauce because that is a spicy red sauce. Mm. And theirs was very spicy, and it had a building heat to it that was, again, the, the more you eat, the hotter it got, but it wasn't at any point so hot where it was blowing your doors off, making you uncomfortable. You can't eat it. Or drowning out the flavors that you were getting. They mm-hmm. top this dish with uh, toasted breadcrumbs. That's so great. Uh, fresh torn Italian parsley and basil. And uh, there was a saltiness mm-hmm. and a richness in that sauce that I just wasn't expecting. And I think part of that probably had to do with the fact that the way they treated the shrimp. Yes, it's different. I it wasn't like those big shrimp. No, a lot of times, like if you're doing a lot of Pieces. places, they'll do whole shrimp or tail mm-hmm. on shrimp, mm-hmm. and they'll lay them on top of the pasta, and that gives you a couple of options. You can sit there and cut them up, or you can only have a few bites of your pasta dish that actually have the shrimp. The shrimp with it. What they did instead was they finely chopped the shrimp oh. and tossed them into the pasta. Yeah. And they didn't overcook it. Mm. That is the key. Because again, shrimp, any shellfish really, it goes from raw to rubber band mm. in no time. Yeah. And they added it at just the right time. Oh. And I was just thrilled with the end result. So you got... Every bite of the pasta, you had salty. I think yours was starchier. 
when you let me try it, was starchier than, say, mine was. Yeah. With the way they did the shrimp. I think so. Yeah. And I, I think that it ended up that with the, the bite of the, the al dente pasta. Mm. You know, that has something to do with it. But I think that when you're doing this right, a little bit of the pasta water in there helps everything stick to the noodle. And they did tremendous. that. Tremendous. So, so you had this this little hint of the sea without it ever being too salty and without it ever being too fishy. You never yeah. did, you didn't get a fishy anything to this. Yeah. And this was a huge plate of pasta mm. and I didn't leave a bit of it. And so what I good. loved, every bite you got the shrimp, every bite you got the spice, every bite you got a little bit of the crunch mm-hmm. from the breadcrumb, every bite you got the freshness of the sauce. torn herbs. Mm. And that Fra Diablo sauce had that deep, rich tomato flavor that you were talking about with yours, mm. but it had Spice. that extra kick. Yeah. Ugh. Like a red pepper kick. Mm-hmm. That your dish was amazing. I, I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved that dish. Yes. And, and JoJo's was also very tasty. Oh, my gosh. Her chicken al forno garlic lemon and extra virgin olive oil and she had it with a side a smaller side of the house made pasta with butter herbs and cheese the fact that they do that that's their that's the pasta side is basically butter noodles yes i love that and it's it's thicker the sauce is creamy and delicious as far as the side goes is what jojo had said she said the chicken was fantastic it was baked and tender and served with rosemary and charred lemon i love charred lemon yeah love it the salsa verde that it had with lemon juices and capers complements the chicken where it just melts in your mouth, she says. And she let us have a bite. Oh. And I, I, I am such a sucker for... You, you want to just... This will be good on anything. Butter, lemon, capers, uh, and garlic. Yes. You're, Classic. Yeah, you're done. It's going to be delicious. You could oh. put it on a flip flop or a, mm-hmm. a, a a work boot. It's going to taste wonderful. Oh my god! And hers winning with that, but we were all winning in different ways. There, there were there. Honestly, I would have. We could have done a plate swap. I would have been perfectly happy yeah. with either of your dishes. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. That's saying a lot because I really like my squidding pasta. And it's saying a lot because normally I am tend to go away from chicken dishes mm-hmm. oh, as a whole. Absolutely. I, it's very rare for you to order chicken out. I want the beef or I want the meatballs, especially at an Italian place. Yeah. I want to see how they're going to be because they can be so different depending on the grind, depending on the mixture of meat, like veal to pork to ground beef ratio, how much fat is in that mixture. And I just want a taste of it all. And, and honestly, I think that it's kind of like if you go to a pizzeria. Mm. If you want to assess a pizzeria, probably the best thing to order is either a cheese or a pepperoni. pepperoni. The same thing for Italian restaurants. If you're wanting to, you're for your first meal out, getting the spaghetti and meatballs. Because mm. if you can't get that right, chances are good you're not executing on the other stuff too. It was all phenomenal. And it, I would go back here in a heartbeat. Any time. Any time. Just get in the car and let's go. Jojo, thanks for driving us there. Jojo was, she was so sweet. And, and again, I, I asked her every time, like, are you sure? Are you sure? We, we we could take an Uber. She's like, no, why would you do that? I've got the car. So I just thank you. 
so much for, for hanging out with us and for driving and what a great time. And for having cocktails with us. Indeed, because we are having this level of carbs that we were having and we were, this was our carb meal. Night before the half. Yeah. This is, you've got to wash it down. Mm. And this was a, 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 not something we normally do, which is imbibe the night Beforehand. before a race. We had carved up so much. And we were drinking plenty of water. They kept us in good supply of water throughout the meal. They did, yes. Really? It's like a team approach. Like Rachel was our server, but they all support each other in delivering food to the table and making sure everybody has enough water, beverages, whatever. Yes. It's great. Absolutely. So we normally don't imbibe, but we did. <laughs> yes, we did. We're just going to fully ad- admit it. Well, not something we, we, we did, recommend. We certainly did not go crazy. But we didn't go crazy either, yes. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity to highlight wine. I, I wish I had the audio to play hallelujah because we've because talked about we, doing wine on the year, show forever. We said one of our New Year's things last year was to get into some wine on the show. And now we're doing it a year later <laughs> at we, the end of the year. We got it in. We got it in for our favorite race weekend. And I, so you all had cocktails. I had wine. Yes. And I decided to sample a glass of white and a glass of red just to see what it was all about. And I actually asked Rachel, with the spaghetti and meatballs, what would be a good wine to complement that? Mm -hmm. So with our appetizer, I had a white wine that was actually a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio. Bertani, Venezia, Julia. Julia, 2020. And it's described on the menu as alluring, ripe grapefruit, cut grass. I didn't get any like grassy flavor off of that white wine, Mm -hmm. but it was light. It was sweet. And I got a grape flavor. Like white grapes. Like white grapes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a nice glass of wine and we've had Sauvignon Blanc separately. We've had Pinot Grigio separately. And Pinot Grigio seems to me to be drier and Sauvignon Blanc sweeter separately. And I don't know. I could be talking totally way off the mark because we have not had a wine expert on the show. We have not had a wine tasting on the show where somebody talks about that, those styles of wine. So I could be completely way off base. But these two together just had a light, sweet, white grape flavor. Not so sweet. And it was, and did not have any kind of dry finish. It, that's what I would say. It wasn't like a dessert wine, like a Moscato or a Prosecco kind of thing. It was just a light sweet. And, I liked it. And would you have it again? I would. Wow. I would. And the red wine that I had with the meal the Nero Davila, La Cala, Sicily. Also butchering names of wine. Yes. In, at 2019 was the red wine recommendation from Rachel. 
And the menu says, fun, <laughs> blood orange, blonde leather. So it wasn't so woodsy. We've had Malbec wine in the past that had really woodsy, earthy tones. Oh, yes. Really woodsy and a super dry finish. Like the really hard bitterness or and, and tannins on mm. the finish. Yeah. yeah. This, yes, tannins, but not super dry and not super earthy. It just had a very... It had a slight sweetness to it. I think it complemented the meatballs in the meal very well. And I would ha- I would have it again with an Italian meal of that heft. And that would be a good one for, like like you said, with spaghetti and meatballs or maybe a steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were both winning additions on their menu. And I can't wait to explore more wine throughout the year. And maybe get some experts to tell us what we're tasting, (laughs) you know. But Rachel was steering us in the right department, or me, in the right department or the right section of the menu, considering the dish I was going to have and the lack of, woefully lack of knowledge, woeful lack of knowledge that I had. So, I would recommend those, but I would even recommend more so, ask your server Hey, based on what I'm having, what's going to be a good compliment? Because I think that's important. Oh, absolutely. And servers who really know the menu really shine Mm. when you have an opportunity to ask those kinds of questions. And in talking with Rachel, she was talking about how they do tastings. Yeah. And I think that's, it's phenomenal when restaurants do that Mm -hmm. because it, it, it informs the server. It lets them make good recommendations to the table and it overall enhances the experience of the diners yeah i couldn't agree more and she steered us in the right direction with cocktails jojo i mean i know she did but go ahead (laughs) jojo had you know one and she tried their cranberry seasonal bellini that's a combination of course fruit juices or fruit nectar sometimes depending on how it's prepared or what they call nectar it's really like a smoothie almost but this one was like a bellini with a little bit of christmas seasonal fruit and prosecco which is a Mm -hmm. sweeter sparkling wine that's fantastic i looked at it because cranberry can be like a sour type sour bitter and bitter but i think that it's a it's an it's a nice compliment to a sweeter wine a prosecco can be really sweet yeah so nice balance i on the other hand had something called a garibaldi haha which is a simple combination of campari and what they described as fluffy orange juice fluffy and I'm, I'm guessing maybe that's just from being shaken. That kind of whips some air into it. But the combination of fresh orange juice and Campari was, A, it was made for a beautiful cocktail. It looked great. It looked like, like a beautiful sunset. Mm-hmm, perfect. And you get this wonderful uh, juxtaposition of flavors. Because Campari is like... is. Bitter. Campari is very bitter. It's used often as a, a digestif. It is often used in Negronis. Yes. I mean, that's the predominant flavor of a Negroni. And that's the bitter component. And then in a Negroni, you pair it with sweet vermouth. And this one, the sweet is brought to you by the orange. And it was just a really nice 
bitter and sweet cocktail that was wonderful to look at as well as to drink. I loved it. It was beautiful and very flavorful, balancing between the sweet and that bitter note. So it was nice when you let me try it. I was not so sure because Campari can be a very overwhelming flavor. And you could have easily, they could have easily overdone it Mm -hmm. in this cocktail. They didn't. Yeah. So their, their bar game was pretty strong there. But whenever I see a specialty old fashioned in a restaurant, something that's, that, that jumps out at me when I'm looking at the menu or a server recommends, Mm. I tend to want to try it. I'm, I gravitate towards old fashions. Of course. And they had one called their backyard old fashioned. Mm. And this is a bourbon, brown sugar, chai tea, and chocolate bitters. Chai tea. That's so different. Yes. Different. And absolutely unexpected. When we're, when thinking about an old fashioned. Yeah. But it was such an odd description. I was like, oh, I've got to try this fantastic you looked beautiful too i don't remember which bourbon they used for the cocktail itself yeah however the brown sugar that they probably did like a brown sugar simple syrup the chai was just enough to give you those hints of all the spices in chai tea Mm. so this was a very christmasy holiday friendly version of an old fashioned yeah and the chocolate bitters gave you that little hit of chocolate without being like a chocolate bar almost like dark chocolate yeah and this was just absolutely one of the best probably one of the best old fashions i had anywhere in 2021 period yeah look at that recommendation Uh, very high praise on that cocktail i would 10 out of 10 i would get that cocktail again and i would love to reproduce that at home if i could figure out how maybe our maybe greg and yovana can help us from nice guys you know like because they have really great bartenders they really here locally and if we just like like here's the flavor profile go for it can you do it because they're amazing there. They are. So in between now and the time we can get back to the area for the race weekend again, maybe we can figure it out. Maybe we then can share it with the Runcation Nation. Ooh, that would be fun. Yay! That's my kind of alchemy. Mm, I like that. Love it. So. That wraps it up for the Jeff Galloway Half Marathon Weekend, our Double G Weekend 2021. Yes. And next week, we will be talking about the <gasps> Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. It's back to. 2022. And we did the 10K. Mm. So we are going to be talking all about the 10K and some amazing food and beverage. Oh, I can't wait. We had some excellent stuff. Oh, we it was really a great did. weekend. So do us a favor, guys. This week, if you would, head over to Apple Podcasts real quick and give us a rating and review. You have no idea how that two minutes out of your life makes such a huge difference to us in terms yeah. of getting discovered when people are searching for podcasts mm-hmm. to listen to. And shout out to all of the people, speaking of Apple Podcasts, all of the people who have submitted ratings and reviews that have helped others 
discover us. Like at the race starts at the Galloway weekend, we had some people approach us like, oh, we really like your show. Like they'd see our shirts and say, oh, we, we, we get a kick out of it. We love it. You're funny. You're it's you guys are, are making <laughs> all the difference yeah. in helping us get discovered. And mm -hmm. we can't thank you enough. And if you've already done a rating and review, but it's been a while, please go back and do another. Sometimes, Make sure that it's still there at least. Yeah, sometimes part of Apple's algorithm is they want recent mm -hmm. ratings and reviews. And you can do it on any, you, you can rate and review us anywhere. Apple Podcasts on your mobile devices or on your Mac or uh, in iTunes on a Windows machine mm -hmm. or in any podcatcher you happen to, if you have the chance to rate or review us, please do so because it helps us grow the community, and meet wonderful people like you. So, thank you guys for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, or wherever you might be. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run Eat Drink Podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run Eat Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.